0: And as we were saying this morning, just everything, everything that the Christian hopes for, everything that the Christian lives for uh, and strives for, all is built on the fact and starts with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If we don't have that, we don't have anything. But because we have Christ then we have all this that flows out of it. And so I hope that as we, we sing and as those who are sharing their testimony, I hope you will see in them that it's not just about, oh, well, I've got religion. And so guess what? I've just got more rules that I live by now. Like I've gone vegan or something, you know, and just I've got all these rules and regulations. But actually, I've got something that is real and that transforms, not just from the outside, but from the inside. And I hope that you see that uh, tonight, that Christ is alive and alive in us. Uh, we are just uh, do a couple of announcements very quickly. This week It is fairly simple. Normally our, our, our church calendar is very full with children's organizations and youth activities. It is stripped back because of the Easter holidays and the schools still being off. And so the only thing that's on is Youth Fellowship on Friday night. And so uh, please do remember that on Friday evening. Our small groups are running this week still. Um, I know some of the groups are having a more of a casual night uh, and, and a wee bit more informal. And so um, uh, each group will be doing something different. So I don't know what your group is doing. Uh, I'm not even sure what my group is doing. Uh, I'm not in charge of it. So uh, just uh, leave, uh, leave all that to the people in charge. But uh, if you're involved in them or would like to be involved, come and speak to us. It's an opportunity to get to know people in the church. It's very informal, very casual. Um, If it's anything like our group, it's a wee bit rowdy sometimes. And uh, it's a good opportunity just to chat and to talk about the things of God and to ask questions and to find answers and to find friendship as well. And so please remember the small groups as well. Next Sunday we'll be continuing, Just we'll finish off looking at the cross, we'll be looking at the resurrection, looking at what the, uh, what the Easter story means as we move on from Easter, and then as we start into May we'll be doing, uh, we'll be beginning the book of Ruth and looking at love and redemption and second chances in the book of Ruth, so please do remember that. Let's pray and then we'll hand over to, to the praise, uh, sorry, no, there'll be a video and then we'll hand over to the praise team. Heavenly Father, we thank you that because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have an inheritance imperishable and undefiled. We have a hope and a reason to rejoice. And Lord, even all the trials and all the difficulties and all the stuff that we have to just put up with, whether it's other people or just the brokenness of this world and the brokenness of the systems that run it, Lord, we realize that even in the mess of this world that is hurting, there's a God who's not only in control, but there's a God who's actively at work to rescue and to transform this world. Not by changing the systems, but by changing people one at a time, each heart one at a time. Lord, you are redeeming this world for yourself again. And so, Lord, I pray that even here tonight as we worship you, as people will stand here where I'm standing and talk about the reality that Christ has made in their lives, Lord, that not only would it inspire, not only would it be richly rewarding, but, Lord, that it would be transformative as well. Lord, that there would be something that would be like smelling a barbecue just where you get that hunger for and you want it for yourself as well. And so, Lord, we pray in our little country that has so much religion and yet so much hurt, so many churches and yet so many broken hearts and broken homes. Lord, so much politics, and so little unity. Lord, we remember our country tonight for lives that have been broken for so long, hurts that run so deep because of the troubles and because of the paramilitaries and because of that deep-seated prejudice and bitterness that gets instilled. Lord, we think of that reporter and her family tonight. And Lord, we remember that this, this world and its brokenness takes no prisoners, it takes no sympathies for who you are or what part you're playing in it. And so, Lord, we need something supernatural to happen in our country. We need something more than just moral codes and politicians. We need something more than funding and finance. We need a Savior who is alive and able to speak and able to move and able to work. Lord, we find that in you. And so, Lord, come and even begin here tonight with us, with this room full of people. Lord, begin that work in us and that transforming power that comes from the <coughs> resurrection we pray this in your precious name amen going to watch just a short video and then uh, hand over to the musicians
1: Hello. (laughs) So uh, four weeks ago, Jeff came to me and asked if Catherine would be home for Easter. I was like, no, she won't be. She'll be home probably about two weeks before Easter. But when Jeff went, well, in that case, yeah, my heart sank. Because he's been trying to get Catherine up here for a while, but you're stuck with me. But Jeff asked me to give a testimony. I said, I would think about it. Reason being is that I can suffer from anxiety, depression, and dyslexia. So the hardest part now is <laughs> is, re- is actually reading this. <laughs> it's not actually standing in front of all of you because I kind of know you. But if you bear with me, because I might lose my place. But being up here has to be the second hardest thing I've ever done. And believe it or not, the first thing it was an asking Catherine. I was asking Brian if I could have permission. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> but after talking about it uh, with some of my friends, praying on it, and I thought, do you know what, I'm going to give you some an insight of how I used to live, which I really wasn't living. But I was given a good bit of advice today. Brian came up to me the day when I was leaving and he says, whatever you do, don't tell him about the time you went up banger streaking. streaking. <laughs> That's all I'm going to leave it at, okay? It's, like, that was literally just being thrown in. But one of the things that definitely did agree with me that I'll do it today is because it would give me some experience to get for my wedding speech. So I grew up in a non-Christian family, but I attended the BB for 13 years. And I even went back, I think it was for about two or three years, as a warrant officer to basically try and give back to the kids. I didn't agree what I was reading in the Bible, but I thought it's the best thing for them so but when I was about 16 years old I found out what it was like to drink, smoke, be a wee rebel now if my mum was here now she would probably call me the names of the day because that's what she used to call me uh, every other weekend knock at the door, it's a policeman here's your son usually the way it ran and I used to sneak out on a Friday or a Saturday night and go into the boom boom room if like anybody knows who's been remember, it was the Saturday Night Fever disco floor in the old cafe. I don't like dancing, but see back then, I'm telling you, I would have been up. But I would have spent most of my weekends drinking and using fake IDs to get into clubs. I used to make the fake IDs as well. But that all stopped by three months after my 17th birthday, because I got my driver's license. And anybody tell you right now, it cost you a fortune to drive, so I couldn't afford to drink. So fast forward a couple of years, I got into the wrong crowd. I started drinking again. I started to take drugs. had a very bad experience. I'm not going to get much into it, but I managed to see all my friends overdosing. Like it's a life-changing thing to see. <clears throat> so that scared me, and I stopped doing drugs. But when I say I stopped doing drugs, I stopped doing heavy drugs. I stopped doing really bad things. I still took some. So, shortly after, I started a new job where I worked for Sky. I was an engineer. Stop. stopped, so with that intel, I had to drive to people's houses, so I couldn't exactly rock up to someone's house, these black eyes, from taking drugs the night before. So, I gave it all up. Because, believe it or not, I actually quite like driving, and I quite like my job at Climbing Heights and uh, installing <coughs> Sky. So, I did that. But I felt there was something missing. I was missing that buzz that I got from the drugs and the drinking, so I turned to women, and I became a womanizer. So I thought, trying to narrow that down because there's kids around. But I lost my job a couple of years down the line and started jumping from women to women and job to job. Now at one point I started working for G4S. Uh, I was working as a doorman in Queen's University, but I can remember going there for nights out and events, and the events (laughs) were called Shine. And I used to go to Shine, but now I turned out I was working at Shine. And everyone who walks through them doors for Shine were on drugs. And I just so happened to be an ex drugie standing on the door, and he knew where to search. And he knew where the drugs were hiding, where people were hiding them. And I got pretty good at it. But within G4S, I got a full time job working in the Belfast City Airport as a PRM operative. Nice, big, fancy job title for helping anybody with disabilities on and off aircrafts. As Brian and know, my claim to fame is I got to crash into an aircraft. That's another story. <laughs> but that's whenever I realised what I wanted to do in my life. I wanted to help people. I sort of came back into the thing, helping passengers on and off the aircrafts, but also helping out the BB. I'd left the airport and started working for the Croft community as a support worker working with adults with learning disabilities. And I started going to the gym instead of being a womanizer. I was trying to change my ways. Sometime later, I met Catherine in the gym. A wee short time later, we started doing gym sessions together. And then we started to hang out at the gym. And one thing led to another. One thing that you find out later on, I was on a flight home from Scotland. We took the plunge and we started dating. It was the scariest day of my life. This is where it gets good. A month later on a Saturday night, we were doing my favourite thing to do. We were having a McDonald's. And we were talking about everything and anything. There was never any secrets between me and Kat. But Kat brought up the Bible, and we started to talk about it. So there's four things. We talked about how sex before marriage is wrong, and it is an intimate thing for married couples. The pornography is the wrong, and it gives false incense. Of what type of relationship it is. We spoke about my time in the BB. And in my years in the BB. A verse has always stuck with me. But I couldn't remember it to save my life that night. But I did have it in my Bible. From the time of the BB. Home. At my house, sorry. And it was underlined. I will read it out in a wee minute. And the last thing Catherine told me was. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And that God has never given up on me. So we finished up that night, Catherine asking me to come to church with her some, at some point. She says, it's just whenever you want, you can support me. I think the words she said to me was. And my reply would be, I'll think about it. But the next morning I was up early and the driver says that I'll come. So I remember sitting there listening to Jeff and he was talking about how sex before marriage is wrong. How pornography gives false impressions. And Jeff spoke about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, and how God has never turned his back on me. And then, G- then Jeff read out a verse that stuck with me. I sat there thinking, the flip's going on here. Catherine's has clearly spoken to this fella and told him about it last night. <laughs> I said to Catherine, you stitched me up, but Evelyn jumped straight in there. We didn't even know you were coming till this morning, but God knew. So over the time, I've seen God work, and my eyes have been opened more and more, and I started to pick up Catherine's brain more and more. I bet you she regretted that one. But going fast forward on, on the morning of, of uh, Sunday the 24th, the 24th of September, 2017, I was here at AEC, Jeff started to talk. I was flicking through my Bible at my phone, looking for something, and I came across that, that verse that had always stuck with me. At that point, Jeff read out my verse. It's Matthew seven, verse seven. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find it. Lock the door and it will be open to you. <clears throat> so the breaking of bread, I read that verse again, and I repented. I ask God to forgive me. So over the years I've been learning about God's word and reading the Bible. And with Catherine going over verses with me and talking to my friends about all their verses. And we'll spend nights on the phone talking because obviously she doesn't live here. She left me. <laughs> but that's only for another year. But I've just noticed that I've changed I pray more than ever. I pray for people who probably think I don't pray for them, but I do. And I've even now started to pray out loud for any friends to come to me. One of the things I've noticed is that my anxiety has definitely subsided a lot. Where I don't need really to take any medication. But my dyslexia, it's still there. <laughs> and that brings us to tonight. Thank you.
0: Okay, so uh, Barbara asked me to just, (laughs) I'm going to help her out, and we're going to have more of an interview style thing. Um, Let's see if I can get the questions up. Okay. Um, So it's not three pages of questions there, I've got uh, (laughs) lots of different things going on here. Okay, so um, Barbara, a lot of folks in church will know you already. You are one of our elders' wife, John, and... uh, um, no, they're just one of other wives, just singular, <laughs> wife, singular of of one wife to one, man, yes, uh, and you're, you're involved in the praise and the worship in the church and, and mums and toddlers, so just to kind of give us an idea of what's been going on, how long have you been coming to AEC for? How long has it been home for you? It must be 18 years. We're hopeless with dates, and we think
2: it must be about 18 years.
0: Okay, and... um Going back then, um, uh, we know that there was other churches before that, but what was your relationship with church kind of growing up, sort of childhood and all? Was was church really something that was a big part of your family's life?
2: Um, No, I was totally unchurched. I was sent to Sunday school for a time and hated it and um, used to spend the collection money in the corner shop on sweets. (laughs) I just didn't like it. I didn't get anything out of it and yeah, that was it.
0: Okay. Um well kind of fast forward then a wee bit, um you, you started dating John. Um <laughs> Did did you ask him or did he know <laughs> I felt I could really probe deep here in some questions, okay. but uh uh but um you, you were together and it was really at that point then whenever you, you got saved, But it wasn't uh quick sort of decision that you made on the spur of the moment. Yeah. Tell us a wee bit about the build up to when you got saved and what maybe happened at that time then. Okay,
2: um, well I didn't know anything about church, wasn't interested, um, did the whole thing a few years later, same as Matt, you know, but maybe not um, in today's. <laughs> it was bad for my day, but yeah, anyway, you don't want to hear all that, I'm glad that's all behind me. But anyway, I knew there was something missing in life and I just didn't know what it was. And um, one day I got a phone call. I was out and it was the 3rd of January. And I can't even remember the date, that's terrible. Anyway, a long, long time ago, I think it was about 27 I was. And I got to my home to find that my mother had collapsed and died of a brain hemorrhage. And long story short, I, I looked at her, her dead body she had literally just died, and I looked at i thought that's not my mother and it started me on a quest to know what happened when where did the person go when someone died? Obviously, the body decays, but what happens? that person can't just disappear; they must go somewhere. so that started me on a quest, and the Lord then led me to an old friend who had become a Christian. And, um, yeah.
0: Okay, so it was really uh, a tragedy that this was able to happen. And so was it this friend that led you to the Lord? Was it in a church service? Was it, um, were you having a dance with John at the time? I thought (laughs) there must be more than this.
2: (laughs) Um, No, Um, my friend was really key to the whole thing in that She lived her life totally, like, 24-7 for God. And although I couldn't understand it, um, I accepted that it wasn't just a crutch. At first I thought, well, that's all it is. If it suits her, that's great. I love her anyway. Um, But she then started to invite me to church services and whatever, and I would go, and I actually didn't... nothing. Nothing clicked, but eventually, as if I was being drip-fed, seeds were being sown, and um, the Holy Spirit, Spirit did start to work with me. And long story short, three and a half years later, because <laughs> I fought all the way. I, didn't, I wasn't an easy conquest, let's say, for God. I just fought and fought, and um, eventually one day, I, I, just, I saw people going into church on a Sunday morning, and I knew, after going for like three and a half years to different churches, I knew that everyone had something that I didn't have i I really did I still couldn't work out really quite what it was, but I knew that they had something and they had a piece that I really did not possess and which I wanted and at that time, my father was very ill as well um, and uh, I I just thought of him and how ill he was and how <coughs> I felt like a bad daughter. I don't know it sounds really weird, but I just thought of all the sin in my life and I thought, How can I I can't even face my earthly father? How on earth am I going to face God one day? And I got home and I went home <laughs> got got at home, went to my bedroom threw myself on the floor and said, right, God, you win. Yeah, that's it. I'm yours. <laughs> that was it. No, no fancy prayer. But I meant every word of it. And it was like, I literally, you know the say burdens are lifted at Calvary? Well, there was a huge burden lifted off my entire life. And from that day onward, I, um, yeah, I've loved the Lord.
0: Amen. Um, well, fast forward then a wee bit more. <laughs> so we're now at a stage where you are saved. Mm-hmm. You're married mm-hmm. and there's now three little children oh, yes. running around the place. Yes. Um, how did you find being a busy mum affected your relationship with God? Because um, we've got two in our house and it can be busy, <laughs> but to have three when you're outnumbered, and what, what's, that, what's that like?
2: It was nuts because I was a bit older and um, we sort of had our children like that, like I had three, two and a baby. Um, so it was quite tough and John was away a lot of the time and to be honest it was very frustrating you know I I literally didn't have the energy or the the um, yeah the energy mostly to even make time is that awful? make time for God and I was tired all the time but I was always aware of his (coughs) presence I was always aware that he was there and I wanted what what I had in my life to be in their lives and so I it was pointed out to me um, by someone that indeed that was my ministry I felt very frustrated you know that I couldn't do things in the church and whatever because we had uh, John's mum and dad weren't there mine weren't there obviously they they hadn't gone and no babysitters nobody to help so I couldn't even get out to things in the church so somebody pointed out to me well actually don't you think this is your ministry at home with your three children. Oh yes. <laughs> and um so yeah, that's I just it all clicked. It was hard. And I, I encourage any young parents or whatever out there, grandparents, just keep firing all the word into them because even if it doesn't stick at the time, it comes out later in life as they have now told us.
0: Yeah. <coughs> Amen. And I think that's really important as well, that the fact that actually family is perhaps one of the most important ministries that anyone can have and mm-hmm. to be involved in that. And um, I think it was a quote that was here on Mother's Day was that you know, every other job exists to facilitate that job happening at home. Yeah. And uh, that's so important. And then so as the three kids got older, mm-hmm. um, there's ups and downs with, with kids as there is. But you've seen God work through their lives then and you've mm-hmm. seen a reward for that ministry and time mm-hmm. that you spent with them.
2: I have, they all are walking with the Lord, um, though it wasn't always that way. Sarah gave her life to the Lord when she was four, and she's just always been so steady, always just, yeah, that's all she wants is God, God, God. Ross was great until he went to uni, and then he decided he might like to check out the world (laughs) for, so for three years he was a bit um, off the rails. But he soon realised that it was empty and useless, and got himself back to church and he's a very, very strong man of God today um, Grace, she um, didn't believe and she rebelled really quite young and um, and whatever and it wasn't until actually after she got married and there was a couple of things that didn't really go her way let's say, things were quite hard and uh, she gave her life to the Lord and again, she hasn't looked back and it's just been incredible because as a lot of you know uh, Grace has been very ill the last few years and, I um, mean, very, very ill and ha- still has this chronic illness. But she has got seen God work in her life and uh, yeah. as have yeah. we, and it's just been tremendous. And to see her just as a witness and testimony to all these people who just, I mean, the number of people who've said to me and even to her, you're so aptly named your name is grace and you're full of grace and that just melts my heart
0: Yeah, so. yeah. And, and even though it hasn't been easy i mean you had the women's bible study group at brooklyn's and, and things like that there i mean that played a big yes. part as well then having that support network of a church yeah
2: that's another thing um, I, again to encourage not just women but men um, the one thing I did manage to get out to was um, what we would call a, a small group now, but in those days it was just a bunch of young mums who were um, needing the Lord, and uh, needing to spend, you know, to study His Word and pray. And the friendships and the bonds that I made with those women then, the support, the whatever—it's still we, we're not today. We're all still friends, though we're not in touch all the time. But I know if there's anything I need, I can ring any of them up, and they're there for me. And I just, that encouragement is wonderful. Um, I really do urge you, if you're not in a small group or whatever, please, 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 Um I'm really, I, th- you know, this is a bit of a cheek for me to say go to ladies breakfast because I've been twice in 18 years, that's about <laughs> it, because I can't get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> but if you can't make anything, you know, if you can't make any other things, please do something because you really feel the benefit of sharing with other Christians. You really do. It's just wonderful.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then really now though there is opportunity to serve and so you're involved in the link now. Do you want to tell people a wee bit about that and what yeah. that means now?
2: Yeah. I um, Even when I wasn't a Christian, I always supported the underdog. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, that's never left me. I've always had a heart for anyone who needs help, basically. Um, the stranger, the the outcast, the whoever. And... The link, for those of you who don't know, is a local charity involved with the whole community. Actually, right from toddlers to pensioners to teaching English as a foreign language um, with immigrants and all the rest of it. But also a large part of it is with the adult uh, addicts and alcoholics. You know, addicts of any kind, drug addicts or alcoholics. And John. Um, got Involved with it first, and I was still working and, and couldn't do it. And um, I knew when I retired that that's what I wanted to do, and I just love it. I just, I just, I suppose, I love to take the opportunity when I can to speak about the Lord. And they all know it's a Christian organization, and, and they accept it, and they really appreciate it, and they're very respectful most of the time. I just I just feel that I almost get more out of it than I. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just feel the need to use the gift, let's say that um, God has given me.
0: Okay. Um, well, I'm out of questions. But and if I there's any wee verse or if there's anything else that you want to say, I, I actually speak have a now. A forever few versions, hold your peace.
2: A few verses, but actually, there's one. Um, that stands out and really incorporates for me everything when I was going to all those church services with my friend all those years ago I would look around the church not listening to anything you know really just looking at people observing people and the verse Psalm 46 and 10 be still and know that I am God and I used to think about that verse over and over and over in those three years what does that mean what does that mean and you know, to me, it means everything now. It just, you know, in times of trouble, be still, and know I'm God. In times of trial, in times of good, you know, when Thanksgiving, be still, and know I'm God. Yes, because you've given you've given me all these good things, God. It just incorporates nearly everything to me, all the other verses put together. God is God. God is God. He's overall, all. He always will be. And I was a child. Yeah. And I try and tell myself over and over be still. (coughs) Know that God's in control. Because I love Him. Thank you. (laughs) And there you are. That's it. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you.
3: hello <laughs> um, so first of all um, that I was Jeff or Scott asked me a couple of weeks ago like mate you need to give me your favorite song um, for the service and I completely forgot and he didn't remind me um, so I was a bit raging that I didn't get to choose one but then <laughs> they started singing um, worthy is the lamb and that is probably my favorite song um, of all time so I'm a bit buzzing about that um, but yeah so Jeff asked me to give my testimony a couple of weeks ago um, and at the start I was like yeah like that's fine like it'll be all good it'll be fine when I get there um and then like last week I maybe started freaking out a wee bit and I was like like this is the day of the resurrection and we are giving our testimony and I don't know how we we're going to make it that good like I was like I don't really know if I can share something that's going to like celebrate the day that Jesus rose from the dead um but then I had to catch myself on and I was like Do you know what none of us would even have a story none of us would even be here if it wasn't for the resurrection and none of us would even be able to praise his name if it wasn't for the fact that he rose from the dead. Um, And so really just what I want to talk about in my testimony is the moments that I can pinpoint what God has done in my life Um, and I think we can all say that God's been working from beginning to end, from the minute he chose us um, and he knows the plans for us but there are specific moments that I know exactly where I seen God um, and where I felt God working Um, and so. I'll fill bits in so it doesn't get confusing as I go. Um, but I became a Christian when I was seven. Um, grew up in a mainly Christian um, house. My mum was a Christian um, and my sister and my brother, my dad wasn't. Um, and So yeah, I grew up with all them. And my mum works on the weekends, so my sister brought me out to AEC. I think I was about one. Um, so I've been coming for about 20 years. Um, and it's been ups and downs. Um, but yeah, I became a Christian when I was seven. And I think I probably didn't really get the idea because I'm pretty sure I asked God into my heart about 20 times until I was about eight. It went on for a solid year. Um, but yeah, and then so my sister was pretty strict on me. So she brought me out with thought about what I was wearing, We thought that it was coming. Um, but she was strict and she was like, You're not allowed to take communion until you know why you're taking it, you know um, what it's about and why it's so important um, and what it symbolizes. So it was fine. I didn't take communion until I was 12. I had to ask her what the age was because I couldn't remember. Um, but I remember sitting at McDonald's with her after church one Sunday and being like, right, I'm ready. This is why, this is why I want to take it. I'm ready. Um, and I took it. But the first decision that I come to um, where I felt God was at my baptism. Um, I remember being in the kitchen with Sarah McAleese and Davy Gibson. And we were saying, I just remember talking about wanting to be baptized. Um, not really. I don't remember really considering it. I don't remember talking about it with anyone. I don't remember ever really having to weigh up my options. I just knew that I was getting baptised and that was that. Um, And so that was my first real moment where I can look back and know that no one had to talk me into anything. No one had to try and tell me that that's what I had to do. I knew that that's what I had to do and I knew that that was the moment where God was with me as well. Um, And that was just after Risen as well. Um, I think it was about 2011, so I think it was about 15 um, not long after that, then Heather then moved to Australia, most of you probably know that anyway, um, and that was pretty rough, um, at the time I was buzzing because I thought I was getting the bigger room and it was all romantic and it was class, and I was like, free trips, here we go, but that's not really how it played out, um, and it was rough going for a while, um, and I probably st- I stepped back from C for a while, I think it was about six months, um, that I wasn't here, um, and I didn't walk away from God, I just, I definitely walked away from the church, um, and I went to like Ard's Baptist and things, with my brother, because that's where he went, um, but I definitely stepped away for a while, um, and it took me a while to come back as well, because like she was the one who brought me out, so I didn't really have a lift, um, so I sort of had to like work my way around that, but eventually Alan um, and Beverly Pedigree sort of bringing me out as well, um, and then I started to drive, and so I could bring myself. Um, But then the next decision was going to uni. Um, So I knew I wanted to go to uni. Um, Didn't really have a clue what career I wanted to do. I still don't. Um, But I kind of knew that I loved RS and I loved history. And so I applied just for Queen's for um, history and theology. I've now dropped the history. Realised that's not for me. Um, And so, yeah, I just remember applying. And again, like, I didn't really know any. So I do uh, theology through Queen's, but it's in Union College. Um, and I didn't really know anything about union, didn't really realize how Presbyterian it was either. Um, but <laughs> I was just like, yeah, like I'm going to do theology and that's where I'm going to do it. So applied for that, got in, but I deferred my entry and I went to Australia for six months and then came back. And that was about two years ago. So I think it's been the past two years that I have seen the most growth um, in my life and the most amount, the most God's been working the most. And I, I obviously hasn't been stopped working, um, but that's the bits. These are the past two years that I've grown the most and been the strongest. Um, union is—it's hard to describe. Um, I have a deep love for it. <laughs> most people know, um, but it's—we all talk about doing theology and union either makes or breaks you um, your faith. You are constantly—not necessarily reading the Bible in class—but you are constantly thinking about it. You're constantly talking about it, like in in-depth discussions of where your brain is just melted about like the trinity and you just don't have a clue what's going on anymore um, and everyone's crying questioning their faith and all sorts and um, but I would say that union has probably made my faith and um, it strengthens me in not that I didn't believe it but it's made me realize why I believe it and it's made me realize just the reasons and um, why I want to be a Christian and the reasons why like when you talk about the resurrection and all, when someone's trying to explain it to you and you're just like, but I just believe he rose again. And then they're just trying to, like it's, it's hard to explain. Um, But it, I just, I think it's amazing. Um, And so from that then, um, I was coming to AEC, getting more involved, YF and different things. Um, And then last, I think it was about this time last year, I wanted to become a member. Um, I sort of realised that I didn't want to serve in any other church. I didn't want to be a part of any other church, that this was my home church and this is where God had called me to be. This is where God had put me. Um, and so I asked Jeff to become a member. Um, again, that was a decision that I don't really remember talking to anybody about. I wasn't saying like, do you think this is what I should do? I just felt that, this is, that God had just placed that on my life and he was like, this is what you're supposed to do. This is where you're supposed to go um, and you need to be invested and you need to be a member and you need to be held accountable by your church. Um, and so that was about last year. And then um, the lead up came to the big Treasured. <laughs> um, and so Treasured um, was, most of you will know, but it was a teenage girls conference that we held here um, in January this year. And um, last September, I remember that I went, I think the Croatian these girls all just come back from Croatia, and I was meeting up with Abi to get all the bids from the trip. Um, and then we called round to Denise and Brian's and Beverly was talking about like, oh, uh, it was the ladies conference coming up and she was telling us all about it and I was like, we'll wait and see, like there is an older crowd that goes to the ladies conference. <laughs> like sometimes you're sitting there eating your scone and you're looking around and you're like, I'm not in this age bracket. <laughs> um, and so I kind of, was like, Beverly was kind of like, look, I think we could do with like a younger person's conference. And I was like, yeah, I didn't really think much more about it. Um, and then went home and that was it. Um, I couldn't really sleep. Um I God had give me like a brief um, it was going to be called treasured um, it was going to have at least two sessions what I was going to talk about he told me I was going to like I felt I was going to be the speaker I was like I don't really want to do that um, but I really felt that God was telling me no that you are the speaker and this is what's going to happen I was like right um, prayed about it for a couple of weeks talked to some people about it um, and then I brought it to Jeff I think it was like after Sunday morning one service and I was like Jeff what a wee idea <laughs> he was like right <laughs> um, and So yeah, I just laid it out, um, and AEC got behind it. Whole church got behind it, um, and even explaining that to people through Union, like Christian friends in Union, trying to explain how this church got behind Treasured was something else entirely. um, It was amazing, and really, I just was well. I want to thank you for that because I wouldn't have been able to do that, and the team wouldn't have been able to do that without you. um, And so yeah, Treasured. (laughs) looking back I don't really remember being worried, the other girls might like think something else but like I don't really me- remember being stressed I probably wanted to hit them in the meetings for not coming at times um, but <laughs> that was probably the height of it um, and yeah like just trying to plan it like I it all just sort of came together like we had moments where crafts ended up not working and we got new crafts in and it was just a wee bit crazy um, but like the week before like everyone was here we had the deacons painting that conservatory on new year's day and I was buzzing I just thought it was class um, and, like, see, so one of my friends, he came in and he was like, do you know what, like, this whole church is behind this. And I was like, I know. I've been trying to tell people and no one was listening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably one of the best bits I remember about Treasured was sitting um, for the prayer meeting before the Friday night. We were about to kick off and we were, I think we were sitting in Jeff's office and it was just all the girls on the committee um, and we were just having our, we were having our prayer meeting. And I remember um, it was like, it's hard to explain we were really we were just praising god and we were just thanking him for this opportunity of seven unequipped girls who really were either still in school still doing assignments still working still doing everything else and planning a conference um, for teenage girls for two nights um, and so we were, we were laughing and i just i don't think i've ever really felt anything like it like there was la- just laughter everywhere and it wasn't like an irreverent kind of laughter um, it was just insincere in the spirit of what was going on um, and knowing that we were here with a purpose and we had a plan and God had a plan for treasured and he had used us um, and so probably yet yeah, if I'm looking back on my testimony like I don't want that to sound like it's all been uphill it's all been fantastic and um, don't get me wrong God's been working in crazy ways things have gone wrong things have broken down um, and different things um, I don't really uh, I don't talk to my dad or anything um, don't really have a relationship for the last couple of years um, but through that, God has almost got bigger. Um, he has shown me ways of provision that I never thought I would have imagined. Um, it's just me and we, Marie, in the house, <laughs> and um, we see—we um, have seen God working in many ways. I would say, and um, we have seen God's provision. We have seen um, answered prayers. Um, to things that we never really thought would have happened. But we have, I would say, we have a good sense of trust that the answers are going to come. um, Even if we don't want them in certain aspects, we don't want them in certain ways, the answers are going to come um, and God's going to provide in it all. And and so really, um, that's all I have to say. It's not hugely dramatic. I didn't really have a moment of gradually coming to faith. um, But I've had a journey of seeing God work through every aspect of my life and I've seen him work through my mum's life through my sister's life Um, I have seen his plans which may have seemed bad at the time which we all hated but have been given to him for his glory now um, and that we have seen what he's been able to do for us and um, yeah that's me I'm just going to finish up there so thanks
0: Let's just close in prayer, folks, uh, as we're standing. Um, can I remind you that if anyone wants to talk about something that they've heard and say, well, I never really thought of, sort of Christianity or faith in something that could really impact me today, real life, real scenarios. I, I hope that through listening to what's been said that, uh, that that's beginning to change at least. Uh, and I'd say myself... Others who maybe you know here, we're more than happy to talk to you if there's something that you would like to talk about. No one's going to twist your arm or or, or sort of press you into thinking something or saying something that isn't real or isn't genuine or anything like that. But we're here. If there's anything that we can do for you, we would love to help in some way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are still in the business of changing lives. We thank you that you are still about bringing hope into hopelessness, bringing meaning into emptiness, bringing assurance into fear and doubt. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who changes things. And so, Lord, we would pray that you would continue to change us. Lord, we know that we're far from perfect. We know that um, there are still times when we are hypocritical and there's times when we're inconsistent and there's times when we fall short of what we know we ought to be doing. But Lord, we pray, keep working in us. And I pray that for everyone here tonight, Lord, we might be open to saying, all I am is yours. And Lord, we pray that this would be so. We ask this in your name. Amen. Folks, there's tea and coffee and bun.